Well, let's go ahead and turn this service over to my very dear brother who's, who's been with us for, oh, I think probably how many years now? Six years. And uh, his father is a, is a real apostolic anointing. He, he grew up in Chile. And uh, he pastors, as I said, our, our work in Dallas, Texas. A great man of God and my very dear brother. Please, won't you stand one more time in honor of our dear guest. Put your hands together for him. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Amen. I love you, too. I love you, too. Man, it's, it's, it's such an honor to, to be here. I thought you were asking how many how long I've been in KC. It's been six years. This is my second year coming here. I don't know what you're asking, but and uh, anyways, it's I counted a, a privilege, and uh, you guys can be seated or, <laughs> if, if you want. I I don't know. Uh, want to greet my wife that's watching. Love you, and uh, just just a real honor to be here. If you have your Bibles, you can open with me to the Book of Mark, uh, yeah, chapter five. Mark chapter 5. Thank you, Pastor Daniel, for having me. Love you too. Came ready with Kleenexes for today, so. Mark chapter 5. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. They came to the other side of the sea to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, was always, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, send us to the pigs, let us enter them. And so he gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea, or, or, yeah, and drowned in the sea. And the herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country. And people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion, sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Hallelujah. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they, be, they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. And as he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in Decapolis and how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled. Father, we just... (laughs) 
I just thank you for your presence. Thank you for your grace. That you're preparing our hearts just to even receive you, Father. We, we, we don't want to just go away with just knowing stuff, God. We want to encounter you. I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for your grace and your mercy in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You know, I, I, I always find this story really fascinating because you find this area that's been basically tormented by this demon-possessed man. And the story tells us that he's running around, and later on you find him that he's, when he's in his right mind that he's actually closed. He's running around naked, screaming and howling in the middle of the night and staying around tombs, and nobody can do anything to prevent that. They've shackled him. They've chained him. They've done everything they can to stop him, this man from just his, his craziness. And, and uh, there's nothing. There's nothing's working. Even when they put chains, it, it, he just breaks out of them. I grew up in, in Spain, in the Canary Islands, and at that time, I, I don't know if it's the case now, but it used to be the, the, the capital city of witchcraft for Europe. I remember youth camps in which there was once a, a girl that was just, uh, just happened to come walking towards everybody's running away to, from something that was happening, and I started going in the opposite direction. I find this girl on the floor. She has a pocket knife, and she's slashing at her, at her wrists. And I go up to her and I say, what, what, what are you doing? What's going on? And I don't recall if she actually touched me or not, but she just kind of waved her hand and it knocked me back several feet, landed on my feet. I think an angel probably just helped me out and ran up and I kicked the knife out of her hand and she grabbed in a rock, anything she could, and she's just scraping at herself. And then the leaders came and they dogpiled her and cast out the demon. And that's pretty much how my youth camps were growing up. Just send your demon child and then... Uh, you know, come back free and whole and delivered, and that's pretty much it. And I uh, see that, uh, you know, you, you find that any time the, the, the demonic's involved or Satan, I mean, he, he just, it's just destruction. He just comes to kill, steal, and destroy in any way, in any form. You find that that's happening here with this man. And nothing, nothing's working. And so Jesus comes onto the scene, and he, and he asks what his name is. I know in the 80s and 90s, it was kind of a popular thing to ask the name of demons and all that kind of stuff. But the reality is you just need to know one name and that's, that's Jesus. That's all you have to know. And I think that's recorded here in the book of Mark just to let us know that this guy was, he was really demon possessed. I mean, this, he just had issues. And uh, so he shows up and, and it's funny how the man runs to Jesus immediately. He doesn't run away from him. He says, what, what do you have to do with me? And he they beg him to just be cast out into the pigs. Jesus gives the permission. The pigs run off the steep end, drown in the ocean. It's probably from that moment that they come to discover that bacon is sinfully delicious, right? Because of, because of that. That's where it comes from. It's biblical. <laughs> and, and the people of the town, the shepherds are there, and they, they run back to the town, and they're, like, they're freaked out about what's going on. They, they've never seen anything like this. They've never seen anyone like Jesus. 
They've never seen anyone without authority that he just speaks and it just took care of it. And you've got to understand that these townspeople and probably trying to resolve this, they had exorcists, they had probably people that they paid to come out and try to help them. That this was a problem that, that, that was just had no solution. They had to kind of just live with it. And so everybody of the town comes out and they find this man in his right mind. He's actually dressed. He's coherent. He's not screaming. He's not acting weird. He's not slashing himself, trying to kill himself. And, and it says that they're afraid. They freak out because there's a demonstration of the kingdom and the power and glory of God. And, and yet, this is the thing that always gets me, is, is then afterwards, in light of everything that has happened, they beg Jesus, leave, leave our region. It's it, it, just, just could, you, could you leave? And, and see, this, this is the thing that I, that I begin to think about as, as I'm reading this. this. This is the thing. You, you see, there, there's, they wanted the solution, and they're thankful for what Jesus did. But they didn't want to give up their pigs. They said, Jesus, thank you. But I'd rather keep my pigs than have you come into this region and the place where I live. And, and you've got to know that there's people there that are sick. There's people there that are still bound. This wasn't the only guy that had issues in that place. But they're saying, no, 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 no. We'd rather keep our pigs. You, you just stay. Go, go away. It's, it's just too much. It's just, just go, go, please. And how often do we, when we come to the things of the Lord, say, hey, you know, Jesus, I, I, I thank you. I, I, I thank you for what you want to do. And, and I realize this is what you want to do. And this is what you're working in me and through me and the kingdom and the Holy Spirit with your word. But I, I'm not really willing to give up my pigs. I'd rather keep my pigs than have you involved in my life. Because I'm more comfortable with my pigs than I am with you and with what you want to do. When you look through scripture, pigs always are obviously an unclean animal to the New Testament, right? In fact, when you read the story of the prodigal son, it's, it's in his lowest point. What is he doing? He's fighting with the food that they're feeding pigs. It represents everything that's unclean, sin, bondage, anything you want to say. That's what it represents there with the pigs. And they, they, they miss out on what Jesus would love to do in that area because they rather keep their pigs. It's like, thank you, Jesus, but I'm more comfortable with what I have right now. Maybe later. <laughs> you know, no, I, I realize this is what you want to do. I realize that you want to bring freedom. I realize you're a good God. And I realize that, man, what you want to do for me is, is good. And it's, I, I realize there's destiny and there's purpose and there's calling on my life. But, but I'd rather keep my pigs. And, and see, this is the thing that you'll find is that if you stay with your pigs, then you forfeit what Jesus wants to do. It, it's, it's one or the other. If you're not willing to give that up, then you limit what Jesus is going to do and what he can do in your life. And you just say, maybe, maybe another, another day at another time. You, you know somebody else that, that kind of had that, that same kind of thinking is, is Pharaoh. Remember the different plagues in Exodus chapter 8? There's frogs. It's in its soup. It's in his bed. It's everywhere. Where he, you know, he, just, he just can't escape this thing, right? In Exodus chapter 8... What is it? Verse, verse 8. He called Moses and Aaron and said, Plead with the Lord to take away the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. And Moses said to Pharaoh, Be pleased to command me when I am to plead for you and for your servants and for your people that the frogs be cut off from you and your houses and be left only in the Nile. And his response, this is verse 10, Tomorrow. 
give me one more night. And Moses is saying this as a sign. He wants him to know that God has control. And you just set the date. God's going to do it. And he could have it immediately at that moment. He could be free from this. And yet he says, tomorrow, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. Just give me one more night with my frogs. Let, let, let me just, just one more night. And let me just wallow in that for, for just a, one more night. And then tomorrow we'll deal with it. And of course, tomorrow they're cut off and everything begins to rot and it begins to stink. And it just fills everybody's noses. And let me tell you something, spiritually speaking, when you begin to think and go down this road, you're rotting. You realize that in the kingdom, there is no tomorrow. It's today. Today is the day of salvation. The author of Hebrews says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the desert. As long as there's a day called today, and it's in capital letters, then, then strive to enter into his rest. There is no tomorrow. It's, it's right now. And what tends to happen when we get into this mentality and this thinking, when I, when I say, well, I'll deal with it later and I'll deal with it tomorrow, is we're trying to appease our conscience. Well, at least I'm, I'm saying I'm going to deal with it tomorrow. Not realizing that our heart is getting hardened in the process. And tomorrow comes and we go, well, I'll, I'll deal with it tomorrow. God, the, the freedom and the thing that you're asking me to give up, I'll, I'll, I'll give it up tomorrow. And, and, and the, this way, that you know, the, the things that you're demanding on me, even of discipleship, of what it means to follow you, tomorrow I'll make that commitment, I'll make that decision. But, but as of today, just give me one more day. Give me one more night. Tomorrow I'll deal with it. Let me just keep my pigs. You know, many years ago, and I can't remember the name of the evangelist that escapes me right now. I think his name is Tommy, Tom something. He went to Chile, South America, and was experiencing an amazing revival. I'm talking about this is something that was, it was just touching the entire nation. People started getting saved, healed, miracles are happening, and he's holding meetings in stadiums, and he's got the platforms, and he's got the chairs on the platforms, he's got the choir, and he's got all this thing that he's setting up, and, and, and I mean, it's just, this, it's just ready. It's just prime. It's just God was doing something sovereign in that nation. And what began to happen is that the pastors began to fight amongst themselves because they wanted to sit in the front row on the platform. And why, why do you get to sit there and I don't get to sit there? Why is your choir singing there and my choir is not up there? My choir is better than you. I've been here longer. My church is bigger than yours and there's all this backbiting, jealousy, envy, division. And they missed out on what God wanted to do. So he gets on a plane, 45 minutes, goes to Buenos Aires, Argentina. And of course, there's other things that are happening. He's not the main, you know, God was working through different people and different things. Huge revival explodes in Argentina. My wife and I had the chance to go several times to just some of the meetings. And I'm talking about like people five hours before the meeting waiting outside blocks. I mean, just three blocks, just, just people waiting on the street. People getting healed, set, delivered. And the thing that only, the only thing that differentiated it, the, the, the Argentines from the Chileans, was that the Argentines had more hunger and they were willing to give up their pigs. Chile wasn't giving, willing to give up their pigs. They held on to their pride and they missed out on what God wanted to do. And it, even to this day, it's still kind of, there's that friction. So a whole generation is actually stepping down from the pulpit at this point. New generation is rising up in Chile and things are beginning to be different. But they missed out on what God wanted to do because they weren't willing to give up their stuff. And look, we're at the beginning of a prophetic conference. 
And, and, and you think, well, what does it have to do even with prophecy or anything like that? Let, let, me, let, me, let me tell you how, how, how things work even in the kingdom. Because God will speak to you. And we see that scripture tells us that, that, that prophecy is here for, for the edification. It builds us up. It's encouragement. It, it brings comfort. But have you ever thought, what is it that we're actually building up when we give a prophetic word? What is it that we're actually encouraging? Because this, this is important. Because sometimes you might receive a prophetic word and you go, why has nothing happened with my word? What, what, is, what is going on? God, I, I've been waiting. I received this thing. And, and where, where is the fulfillment of the word that I was given? And there's times where God will have you go through a process where you're learning endurance. And you're learning to be steadfast. And you're learning to just step in faith and stand in faith. And, and there's patience. And there's, man, something's being produced in you that has more value than gold, as First Peter says. But there's other times where you're actually limiting what God is wanting to do in your own life. And see, the prophecy comes and it encourages and it builds up. Not your flesh. Not your ego. But your spirit. And your faith. Now this is a big deal because I've seen this happen where somebody receives a word and they're like, I'm going to be the prophet to the nations kind of a thing. And, and, And it's God's intent for that to happen. And instead of receiving it as a way to build up faith in them and let God even work something in their heart, it immediately, they feed it right into their flesh, right into their ego. And they say, see, this is now the leadership in this church is gonna see. You shouldn't have passed me over. You just wait till I'm big and I'm prophesying to nations and then you'll be sorry for the way that you dissed me and you'll be sorry for all the way that you treated me. And, And we use the prophetic word that's meant to build up our own faith and our spirit to actually feed our flesh. And it actually furthers us away from what God is wanting to do and God will not bless that. You know, I have a three-year-old daughter that's going to turn four. Her her name is Katya. And uh, (laughs) she has some amazing tantrums. I mean, (laughs) amazing. There are moments where my wife and I just stand and we just, we clap. Because it's just like, bravo. I mean, that was impressive. I don't know where you got that from. I don't know where that came from, but she's on the ground rolling around and screaming and crying and all this kind of stuff. And sometimes it has to do with my iPad that she's kind of commandeered and, you know, it has her, her shows and her games or whatever. And, and she'll say, like, I, I want the iPad. And, and, uh, and I'll say, you know, you, you, what, what do you say? You know, you have to say please or whatever, just trying to teach her. And, and uh, there's times where she just wants it right now. And if she doesn't get it right now, she's on the floor kicking and screaming and throwing a tantrum. And, and here's the thing. I, I'd love, I don't mind if she has it. I don't care. She can, she can use the iPad. But if I give it to her at that moment, I'm feeding into her behavior and she's learning. I throw a tantrum, I get what I want. If I act like this, I get what I want. And don't think that little kids don't know this stuff. They, they learn really quick and they know this stuff. I'm just trying not to be outsmarted by my own kids, right? And so it's just, I, I know if I, if I give her the thing right at that moment that she wants, I'm, I, that's, I'm, I'm feeding that in. And then it might be somewhat cute when she's three-year-old, but it's not so cute when she's 15, 18 years old and throwing tantrums. And now I've got a real problem on my hand, right? I wonder, I just wonder sometimes if God is wanting to give us blessing and even fulfilling of prophetic word and timing, but he can't because we're on the floor throwing a tantrum. Because we've made everything about ourselves and we're living after our own flesh and we say, God, here are my pigs, feed them. And God says, uh-uh. It's either the pigs or it's, or it's me. 
And I'm not saying you're going to lose your salvation, but you will miss out on what God has for you in its fulfillment and in its fullness. That will happen. Listen, this is how the kingdom works. In fact, if you go to First Peter or Second Peter chapter 1, I want, you, I want you to see something here. Second Peter chapter 1, in verse 3. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. So now he's telling us, what is the purpose of the great promises of God? So that we can partake of the divine nature, meaning that we can be more like him. Having escaped the corruption that's in this world through sinful desire. Okay, that's the purpose. That's, that's the purpose behind uh, the promises. Then you go, for example, if you just go a couple books back and you go to the book of James. James is dealing with all this quarreling that, they have, that they're having in chapter 4. This is what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you. Is it not this? That your, your passions are at war within you. You desire and do not have, so you murder, you covet, and you cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask, and you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. Why? To spend it on your own passions or pleasures. So the very promises that God has given me to enable me to be more like him in the, in the whatever it is that I'm facing in the midst of my circumstance, I'm using so I can try to feed my flesh. It's meant to actually help me escape my flesh. <laughs> and I'm using it to feed my flesh. And so then he says, you, you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly. Let me tell you, it's the same thing even with prophetic words. God may give you a word, and he will give you a word. He'll speak to you. But if you don't understand this, you might fall into the temptation of saying, well, this is, now I finally have arrived. It's about time somebody noticed me. <laughs> or we use it like a baseball trading card. What'd you get? <laughs> Mine's better than yours. God must love me more than he loves you. <laughs> and we use it to push other people down and try to puff ourselves up. Not build up, puff up ourselves. Yeah. And then we wonder, God, why, where's my prophetic word? Why isn't it happening? I mean, you gave me all these prophecies. I've been waiting for years and nothing's happened. And God's waiting on you. And see, this is, this is what's happening. You, you, you're loving your pigs, your sin, your flesh, more than what God is wanting to do in and through you. And you've made everything about you when it's all about him and it's all about others. So it's what's in it for me. Some of you are here and you're waiting for that one word. In fact, you're, you're at, even at the point of even maybe stepping and walking away from your faith. You're like, God, if I don't get the word that I'm looking for, that's it. It's like you're giving God an ultimatum and a chance. You're saying, it's, it's about me. It's about my flesh. Give me, give me, give me. I want, I want, I want. 
and I'll throw a tantrum and we miss out on what God is wanting to do because we don't want to give up on our stuff. And see, then God speaks to you and he'll, he'll give you a picture, a glimpse of what is to be because he's giving you hope so you can stand and you can persevere. He's giving you a glimpse of something so, so, so that you, you can stand strong and he said, hey, don't be afraid, I'm with you. And he gives you that encouragement so you can actually take that step of faith in, in the midst of the circumstance that you're at. Because see, that, that's what the promises of God are there for. It's, it's, it's when I'm facing something and nothing's working out for me that I'm still, I'm, I'm showing peace. I'm, I'm, I'm demonstrating the, the, the fruit of the spirit. I have, I have joy. It, it doesn't rob me of who I am. I, I can still sleep at night. I, I'm still kind to my family and to others and it, it doesn't rob me of my stuff because, because I've, I've understood it's, it's not about me. I've, I've actually died and I, and I remember that I actually died and I, I actually live there. You realize that, that our call to discipleship is, and this is like 101, this is discipleship kindergarten level is to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him. And sometimes we preach it as like that's what we're going to try to attain to and hopefully someday we'll attain. That, that, I'm sorry, that, that's the ground floor entry level. And the word there for deny yourself means that you don't take any account of yourself. You don't even think about yourself. You're not taking it. You're not, you're, you're, you're not in yourself. As far as yourself is not in, in the, the, the way that you think. It's all about him. It's all about how can I reflect and, and manifest and show forth Jesus? How, 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 how can I serve others and how can I love others? And it's all about the kingdom. And that's what the prophetic word is about. That's actually what it comes when it builds up. It's building up your spirit so you can stand strong and you can persevere. And you go, God, I thank you. This is how you see me. I haven't been seeing myself in this way. I've been seeing myself way down here. You see me up here. Thank you, Father. And then you continue to persevere. But you don't use that word as a way to just kind of hit people above the head and just say, you better bow before me because one day... I had a family that... Uh, receive prophetic words and would be really quick every year to have me listen to it and uh, just kind of say like see see what they said it'd be healings and this and that like that's that's great man that's that's awesome praise God and uh, hey we, we need you to I'd, I'd really like you to do a cell group so did he, he just wanted to go right out and whatever, you know, he thought that, that, that's it. I said, okay, that, that, that's great. That's great that God has spoken that over you, and I believe that. We're going to see that fulfilled. But I, I, could you help me start a, a cell group? No. That was beneath him. I was, that was, I'm, I'm up here, Pastor. You, you didn't hear. Here, listen to my prophetic word again. No, no, I, I got it. I understand. Yeah, signs, wonders, miracles. That, that's awesome. That's great. Awesome, man. I love what God is doing in your life and where he's brought you and everything. But, but do you think you could help with this? Do you, do, do you think you need help with Pro Presenter? Can you help with Pro Presenter? No. That's, that's too beneath me. What he's saying and what he's showing is that this prophetic word is somehow I'm being validated by this instead of being validated by what Jesus did on the cross. See, my, our identity, my identity comes from Christ and what he did, right? Period. So if I, I get the word that I'm hoping for, if I uh, get that one that's going to propel me to the nations or I don't, 
I'm still okay. Because my whole life and faith is not titter-tottering on this one word. And God, you better give me that word or else I'm walking. You better watch out. We need to be a little more solid than that. So if you don't get the word that you're wanting, that you're still okay. (laughs) Not coming to Pastor Daniel asking for a refund or something. go to the next prophetic conference and maybe it's this time this prophet will get it right <laughs> all we're doing and all we're saying is like I, I don't want to give up my stuff God could you still work in my life and still let me have my junk and my stuff and it doesn't work it doesn't work that way if you're not willing to give up your pigs then you're limiting in essence what you're saying is Jesus thank you for all that you've done you're awesome. You're, you're amazing. I worship you. But you're kind of invading my personal space right now. Do, do you mind just taking a step back? It's, you're just too close right now. And, and, and just could you do that, please? And uh, maybe tomorrow we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that thing you want to talk about. And uh, I'll follow through and I'll obey on that thing you, you've told me to do. And I'll take the step of faith that you asked me to do t- tomorrow. But, but right now you're, you're making me a little bit uncomfortable. All we're saying is I'm just holding on to my pig like a teddy bear, and it's, it's comfortable for me. You know, the Holy Spirit comforts us, and it doesn't mean that he gives you a blanket and makes you feel okay. Are, are you okay right now? Because I don't, I don't make you too uncomfortable. It, it means that as you're taking steps of faith and you're freaked out of your brain and you have no idea how things are going to turn out, he's like saying, hey, it's okay. I'm encouraging you. He's, he's encouraging. He's a coach. It's like, you keep going, man. You got it. You got it. You're going to make it. You just, you, you just keep at it. That, that's, what, that's what he's doing. That's what he's comforting. We take it as like it's a comforter and like, I, I just don't, you know, I'm a little cold right now. I'm just, a, you know, no, 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 no. The kingdom, we're called to take steps of faith. And that's uncomfortable to our flesh. And it means we've got to kill a few pigs in the process and give that up in order to see the fulfillment of what God is wanting to do in your life and through you. And if you're not willing to do that, then you're just limiting what God is wanting to do. You know, I've received, my wife and I have received some amazing words in our work there in Dallas. I have not seen the fulfillment of it. I've seen glimpses, moments, things. I just, just haven't seen the fulfillment of that in its completion. I'm contending for it. There's one day where I'm just praying and I'm just wallowing in self-pity. Not understanding... God, why did you even bring us here? And what's the deal? And what's going on? And you've given all these words, and it's been amazing. And I thank you. It's been encouraging. But, but you know, it's come on. How much longer do I have to wait? And and uh, you know, it's, it's what are people going to think about me? And and you know, when they come, and there should be more fruit. There should be more stuff happening. And it's just it's just been a challenge. And it's it's like, come on, God, just do something. All right. And I, I don't know if this happens to you, but at times the Holy Spirit, he, he likes to interrupt my prayers. And uh, there's been many times where he's like, what, what, are you, what are you saying? What are you talking? Are you listening to what you're saying right now? Because it's ridiculous. And uh, this is one of those moments of just like, okay, let's just take a step back here, Bruno. This is, let's just, say, let's just break this down. What are, you, what are you saying? You're worried about what other people will think about you. 
So you want me to make something here happen so that others think that you are cool and that you are good and you're effective and you're a great man of God and everything. And I'm just kind of like, you know, well, you know, not, not quite like that, Lord. I mean, just, you know, <laughs> just a little rain from heaven, just something, just, you know, do something. But, but, you know, no, you know, it's... Uh, I realize I could actually be limiting what God is wanting to do in Irving because I'm more concerned about my own pride and how other people perceive me than I am with actually what God is trying to do in that place and if I make it all about myself well then I've lost I'm, I'm, I'm done there how could he possibly and I know God is a gracious God and he blesses us in the midst of even our failings and blindness and all that I, I understand that but how could he possibly have answered that prayer for me knowing that it would empower me to be stronger in my own pride and selfishness and then I'd become more fleshly than I ever was before it's, it's a big deal. We, 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 you, know, you can come to the kingdom of God and sometimes actually end up being more selfish than you were before you came to the kingdom of God because you think it's all about you and now you've got God and he's kind of this little genie and when he doesn't do the thing that I want, it's like, come on. And then I've talked to people and they say, well, I tried it and it didn't work. And what they're saying is, yeah, I, I, I tried to make something happen and God, God didn't answer my fleshly desire and didn't give in and cave into my tantrum and it, this, it doesn't work. Well, we ask, and we ask wrongly, because it's all about me. And the very promise that's meant to enable me to escape the corruption in the world that's caused by sinful desire, I'm actually using it to feed the sinful desire. And I end up worse in the flesh than I ever was before. And this is, this is my heart's cry, and I know that I, I could speak for all the leadership here. We want to see you blessed. I, I, man, I, I love what God is doing here. I love the words that have been released over this place. I love the spirit of God, the presence of God in this place. And I want to see you blessed. I want to see you walking in what God has for you. But if you aren't willing to give up your pigs, then what do you, what do you, what do you, what are you expecting? <laughs> and that means even when everything opposite is happening. Have you ever noticed that when you receive a prophetic word, it usually is contrary to everything that's going on in your life? <laughs> so like God's going to bless you financially. It probably means you're in the red right now. <laughs> Way bad in debt. And it's opposite of what you're in right now. And God's going to reconcile family. And all, you know, usually that's the case. It requires faith and it requires perseverance in the midst of what you're going through. doesn't mean that everything automatically is going to happen and automatically just roses everywhere and butterflies and you just get there and you're floating every place and all that. There's times where God is actually working something in you that has greater value. But if you will not submit to the process, you'll miss out on what God is wanting to do. And I want to see every prophetic word given actually fulfilled in your life. But if you're not willing to give up your pigs, it's not going to happen. You'll know what God wants to do and you'll see his intent. 
you'll get a glimpse of his heart towards you. You'll see the Holy Spirit come and encourage you. But in essence, you're just stiff-arming the Holy Spirit. Don't get any closer. So I'm not willing to give up my pride, my sense of entitlement, my comfort. I'm not willing to give up myself to you. There's still part of me that I, I just want to keep to myself. And you miss out on the whole thing. Don't do that. In fact, today the Holy Spirit, this is something you have to do, something I have to do. He wants you to kill some pigs today. Let's fry that bacon. I'm going to ask you to just stand for a second right now. Listen, the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you right now. You know, this, this, is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm just, this is, this is what I just feel. I just, if you're here today and you go, man, I know I need to get rid of some pigs. I need to break some stuff. Some of you here are caught up in some addictions that you've been saying to yourself, tomorrow I'll do that. You're just appeasing your conscience. You're playing. You just think because you say I'll deal with it tomorrow that you, you actually have that intent to do it. And God says, now is the time. Now. Some of you are bound with what's on the internet. Some of you are bound by substance. This is the moment where you begin to break it. This is it right now. You think, you might think that's, it's not doing anything. It's harmless. You're deceiving yourself and you're missing out on what God wants to do in your life and it's fullness. There might be some things where the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you even as I've been speaking, just convicting you. Man, it, it can be anything. It can be pride. It can be like, man, I've been making this about me. I've been in self-pity. I've been in just stuff and just, it's, ah, it's all about me. That needs to die today. Just be done with it. Just understand that it's not about you. It's about him and it's about others. That's what it's about. And if you're here today and you're saying, I, I, I wanna, I'm gonna kill some pigs today. I'm just gonna ask you to just come on up right now and just begin to do that. Just make it a slaughter fest up here and just, I'm serious, just begin to talk and just say, God, there might have been in some areas where I've been in pride and even fear and I've been holding back from what God has wanted me to do because I'm afraid to fail and just you have fear is driving your life. Anxiety. Like kill that today, right now. Come on, just begin to talk to him. Begin to talk to him. Come on, just begin to talk to him. Whatever it is that the Holy Spirit has even brought up, and, and he's, he's just convicting, he's bringing conviction. It's because he's just he's exposing that, because that, that's not who you are. That's not what he's created you to be. And you're just getting rid of that. That's not you. Just get rid of that. Just worship him. You have over. 
I just begin to speak to him. Jesus, you have overcome the Just begin to talk to him. Just say, Lord, I just, I just kill this right now. Just take it. I'd rather have you working in my life than me hold on to these things that I wasn't even created for anyways. You didn't make me for that. That's not your original intent. That wasn't your purpose for me. And I just give it up. Come on, give up your pride. Give up your ego for a moment. Your own sense of entitlement. God, I deserve this because of all the stuff I've been through. Come on, all that stuff just needs to go right now. Just begin to talk to him. Just release that. This loose that. Some of you here are, are some of you here that, that even have a, a, you're bound in addiction. And God has been tugging at your heart and you've been resisting. In fact, outside in the car, you've got stuff. You need to go get it and bring it here and put it on the altar. And you need to be free tonight. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but your time's running up. You better move. Come on, be free in Jesus' name. Be free. Be free. Be free, Jesus' name. Every spirit of addiction, go right now. Freedom, in Jesus' name. just to go begin to lay hands just begin to minister come on lay hands on this come on lift your voices
healing, there is healing, there is healing in the blood of Jesus. Salvation, <laughs> salvation, there's salvation in the blood of Jesus. Let's sing freedom. Come on, sing freedom. Freedom. There is freedom. There's freedom in the blood of Jesus. Oh, freedom. There is freedom. There is freedom in the blood. I declare this over your life. I'm changed. I'm changed, I'm whole, I'm delivered by the blood of Jesus, <laughs> I'm changed, I'm whole, oh, I'm delivered by the blood of Jesus, it's your blood, God. across this place. If you need healing, just reach your hands up. There's like a river. There's like a river. Of, there's a river of healing just flowing all across this place. You need a miracle. Just believe right now.
we yearn for you. Release your miracles tonight. Strengthen the feeble knees and the hands that hang down. Release your healing. Release your deliverance. For your glory. And for your honor. your praise oh. Oh. come on begin to lift your voice and just worship him Yes. More of your presence. More of your kingdom, God. We yield to you tonight.
forever I'm gonna worship you I'm gonna worship you forever I'm gonna worship you Cause I'm gonna worship you forever I'm gonna worship you Cause I'm gonna worship you forever Come on lift your voice sing it out your hands together for God. Amen. Would you return to your seats for just a moment, please, if you're able to. What a powerful word. What a marvelous anointing. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the power and the presence of God that destroys the yoke of bondage. That's what destroys the yoke of bondage. Powerful preaching, powerful teaching. Beautiful anointing. I believe somebody, somebody got touched tonight. I believe people got healed tonight. Come on, raise your hand if God's just touching your heart all across this place. 
Come on now, those of you online, don't watch it like a TV. Get interactive and stir your faith up and, and receive. We're going to sow some seed tonight. I'm going to give a love gift tonight. Ushers, would you assist us, please? And then in a moment, we'll close the service and give you an opportunity to go home, get some rest, hustle on back at 7 a.m. Amen. It's going to be tremendous. We've had folks all coming. Where's our Anchorage church? Wave at me. Some of our folks from Anchorage. God bless you guys. All right. Praise the Lord. Minister Ava, Pastor Vince, y'all brought a crowd from Anchorage. Praise God. They got a long drive. They're hungry. You, you drive that far, you're hungry. All right. You're making out a check, make it out to KC. The entirety of this offering will go towards the ministry of our, our dear brother there in Dallas. Great word. By the way, I, I, I like bacon too. Again, you can text to 77977, text KC Wasilla. From there, you can follow the links and it'll take you to uh, an app called Push Pay. From there, you just follow it. Or you can give online to you. This is another way. There's a, a tab that drops down and you can scroll and find guest speaker. And uh, you just use that tab right there. Ushers, would you come, please? You say, well, pastor, how, how's anybody going to know if I gave? Well, maybe we need to listen to the message again. Amen. God knows you gave or didn't, you know. Amen. He's, there's a heavenly account. Come on, somebody. a can of dip. Somebody gave up some shoot. Praise the Lord. It's a good sign when that begins to happen. Some of you held on to some of your stuff. Just one more night with the frogs. Come on, somebody say don't do it. Come on, say don't do it. Because really, you're not promised another day, right? Now is a great word. What a great word. Come on, let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you for our dear brother and the humility and grace that he is walking in. And I thank you for the generational blessing, Lord, and for his father and those who've gone before him. But Lord, more than all that, I thank you that he has guarded his heart, Lord, and has walked before you in holiness and purity. And it's because of that that there's an anointing. He's paid a price. Now, God bless him. Open up those doors. Open up those doors. Open up those doors, God, I pray. Open up the doors, Lord, of blessing and breakthrough there. Mm. Bless him and his wife, his children work there in Texas in Jesus name. Thank you. 
Amen. Ushers, go right ahead. You will not be shaken in God of our salvation. services will be uh, doing what's called presbytery. We'll have the prophetic team come up and prophesy over our staff and uh, our full-time pastors and ministers that are a part of the work here uh, or connected to the house here in Alaska. And you're more than welcome to, to be a part of that and, and to join in and agree and, and pray and hear these words as they come forth. Uh, if you need to slip out here in just a moment, then you can feel free to slip out as well. Please hang around and have fellowship and stay as long as you want to, really. Um, but if you could do that in the lobby here, so we just keep this environment and we'll be able to listen to what the word of the Lord is over these different ones. And before we do that, with every head bowed and every eye closed, so those online, those here under the sound of my voice in the sanctuary, if you are not right with God, if you were to die day god forbid but if this was your last day do you know for sure that you would go to heaven when you died you say well i hope so it's good that you have a hope but you can know the gospel writers wrote so that we may know salvation we know that we have salvation you can have confidence before god you say, well, I, I, I don't know. I, I've never given my life to God. If you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never confessed him to be your Lord and Savior and received his free gift of salvation through the death and resurrection, then you need to do that tonight. You need, don't, don't, don't leave this place. Don't, don't drive home. You ought to be afraid of staying in that condition. He said, well, I'm not sure. Look, if you can't remember when you gave your heart to Jesus, well, maybe you didn't. You probably didn't because it's not something you forget. It's called being born again. You must be born again. Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again in order to see the kingdom of heaven. You're born naturally, but there's a being a born of the spirit being made new, having your sins forgiven, throws as far as the east is from the west, being made a new creation. If that's you, you want to do that for the first time in a moment, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up. Perhaps you gave your heart to Jesus years ago or maybe even a couple weeks ago, but you know that you're compromised and you know that you're not living for God. And you're going to come home. You're going to, you're going to end your compromise. You're, 
you're going to step away from the pigs and you're going to live your whole heart for God. You're going to give your heart back to Jesus tonight all across this place. Every head bowed, intercessors praying that you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or you want to make a recommitment. You want to come home. On the count of three, I want you to slip your hand up. One, two, three. Do it right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. God bless you. I see that hand. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. Thank you for your honesty, son. I see your hand. God bless you right there. Oh, somebody ought to say hallelujah. God bless you all the way in the back. All right, if you meant business with God, you're serious about it. As soon as Pastor Alex begins to sing, I want you to step out from your, somewhere you're standing and come to the front. Now, why would we do that? Not to embarrass you. We never want to do that. We protect people's dignity. We're a house that gives honor. But Jesus said, if you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. And if you deny me, I will deny you. We just think there's something about it. If you, if you lifted your hand or you didn't, but you know you need to come and get right with God, come right now. Come on, just come right now. Come. Because Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live Come on, just come up front. Every breath that I come on, come to Jesus. Come on, come on. If you need to be up here, come right now. Can you scooch together? One more. Where are you? Come on. Come on. We'll wait. We'll wait. Don't make me come pick you out now. It's at least one more. Come on. Come on. Where are you at? Come on. 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 Come to Jesus. Are you covered by the blood? Are you covered by the blood? Are you covered by the blood of the Lamb? No, just a moment longer. Come on. Sing it again. Lord, I my heart. Come on, come if you need to. I give you my soul. Come right now. Service is almost over. I live really the most important part right now. Come, come to Jesus. In every breath that I take, every moment I'm away, Lord, have your way. Have your Just your voice. And Lord, I give you my Put your hands together, won't you? Come on, somebody shout tonight. People getting right with God. Okay, now all of y'all 
up here, come just look at me. I'm going to pray this very simple prayer. And in this very simple prayer, this prayer of faith, he's going to wipe out all your sin. He's going to make you brand new. Whether you're coming home because you've given your heart to Jesus before or whether you're giving your heart to Jesus for the first time. And those of you in the congregation, those online, won't you pray with us and just make affirmation of your faith, won't you? Say, Dear Heavenly Father. Come on, right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me, cleanse me, and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. I'm born again. My sin is forgiven. I'm on my way to heaven. I love the Lord. He loves me. I'm in Christ. And Christ is in me. I have a hunger for the Word of God. And I will fulfill all of His purpose in my life with His help by the Holy Ghost and fellowship and prayer. <laughs> Come on, somebody say amen. Lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, fill right now. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You need the fire of the Spirit to live for God. Holy Spirit, come, fill these right now. Release the gifts of the Spirit in and through them. Holy Ghost, fill, be filled, be healed. Every curse is broken by the power of the name of Jesus. Be filled tonight in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say amen. We have some leaders that are up front. They're going to pray for you in just a moment. Would you, in fact, leaders, would you begin to come right now? They're going to help you. They're going to take some information from you, help you grow in the things of God. How many of you think it would be wrong for somebody to drop a baby on some doorstep? That's not right. So we're, we believe in discipling, and so we want to help you grow in the things of God. And so we're going to take a moment, all of our leaders and staff, if you'd help, please. Now, those of you out there, take someone by the hand. They're going to go ahead and get busy up here ministering to these. And leaders, you be sure to fill it out for them. They've never seen that form before in their lives. Amen. You help them out. Take someone by the hand all across this place. Come on, let's, let's close tonight officially. And if you could just slip out the back, have some fellowship. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock. You can register. 8 o'clock is registration. The conference begins at 9. If that's too early for you, you got things to do. 9 o'clock. It's going to be absolutely transformational. Pray for the person on your right, person on your left. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank and praise you for what you've done, for the word of God that's come forth like a hammer to break the rock to pieces like fire that burns up everything in its path. Would you help right here, please? Breaks up everything in its path. Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you.
We're going to continue just to worship a little bit. If you'd slip out and we're going to bring presbytery over Minister Chris Diamond and Minister Micah Pasoni and his family here in just, just a moment. Would you lead us in worship, Pastor Alex? To go before us behind.